Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media, and we have a power man with us today, an official power lister, in fact. I'm so pleased to be able to welcome President James, President, well, I don't know which title, if it's Dr. James Lentini, President of Malloy, or President Lentini. Which do you prefer? Oh, either works for me. Thanks very much. <laughs> so I know you're kind of a newbie in that yeah. position. When did you become the president of Malloy? So it doesn't feel new anymore since this year has uh, provided extra challenges. But um, I started in about a year ago, almost almost a year ago in June of 2020. Okay. Well, you know, it's a journey to be at the top of your career. Mm. And I wanted to ask you, what was it growing up that inspired you to who you believe uh, mentored you, inspired you to be who you are today? Yeah, it's good timing on that question since I just gave the commencement address to seven commencements we had here at Malloy. And I told this story, in fact, that, you know, the path to where you arrive isn't always a straight line. And uh, in my case, as a young child growing up in Detroit, Michigan, um, hardworking family and um, saw the examples of how uh, my grandparents in particular had a, a heavy hand in raising us, uh, four boys, and I was the oldest, you know, oh. the, the, the dollar made a difference. And we, we lived in a, in a very modest house in a modest neighborhood that was very loving and all. The, so we had great support. So I was lucky in that in that regard that uh, even with a maybe non-traditional family situation with grandparents and, and my mother raising us, uh, we had great examples of how to work hard and uh, and that the, that a dollar meant something. So early on for me, um, some of the some of the key points. Uh, I, I saw the Beatles on the 1964 Ed Sullivan telecast, and like a lot of other youngsters, um, said, "Boy, I want to. That, that looks great. Being a rock star looks like a good thing, you know." So I started playing guitar and taking guitar lessons early on. Um, so music has been a huge influence early in my life. Um, I loved, like a lot of youngsters, I love sports. So in my in my town uh, here, of course, the Yankees and Mets, but. Uh, uh, where I grew up, the Detroit Tigers, and loved sports and those kinds of things. And through all those things, music in particular, learning how hard it is to become really proficient at something and putting the discipline into it uh, was a lesson for everything else that came after for me. Uh, knowing that if you're going to really sh have a product at the end of something, and music is a place where you have to demonstrate it. You know, you, it's not just, you know, do you think you know something? It's show me. <laughs> you can either play it or you can't. Um, that sort of thing. So, uh, so those early influences in music and uh, pop music, but then classical music. Eventually, when I got to uh, later years, uh, I, I started writing for orchestra and things like that. And the discipline of writing. Like that. I'm sorry, you make it sound like it was so easy. You <laughs> composer comparing you to Beethoven. So please don't be modest. I mean, this is not. I mean, I played the violin in the school orchestra, so you know, yeah. composing well, is a big leap. Yeah, I can talk a little about that. So, you know, it, it is a big leap. But what happened was um, for me, so I'd mentioned my youth a bit. So as I got through high school, I was playing in rock bands, which was a great experience for me because it was a rock band that had three uh, brass instruments, trumpet, sax, trombone, like the group Chicago in the day. And we were sort of emulating some of the things they did. But it made me learn how to write for those kinds of instruments. Oh. So when I, when I decided to go to college, um, and I was the first in my family to go to college, I became a music major, no surprise, but I, I was entering a kind of a different aspect of the world. I, I played uh, electric guitar and uh, guitar with a, 
with a plectrum, with a pick for years, and I had not played classical guitar. But when I got to college, um, I could play the electric guitar and jazz band, but they had a classical guitar program. I took it up when I was like 18 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I, was real, I was a proficient guitarist at the time, but not with classical. So I took that up then and it opened up a whole new world for me. So you're right. It wasn't easy. I had to, you know, think about uh, and learn a lot more about uh, different instruments and being able to write for strings and percussion and brass and and uh, and the instrument that I knew guitar and those sorts of things. So, yeah, it was a long it's a long road and it's uh, it's ever learning um, about how all those things work. So do you still compose? Do you still have time to be able to do your musical side of your brain? Oh, thanks for asking that question. I, you know, I do, but it's, it does have fits and starts. So um, I've had a little hiatus now with this transition to this new job. I have not had time this year to think about writing a piece. Um, at my last institution, a place named Oakland University in Oakland County, Michigan, uh, they, they built a new Carillon Tower and I wrote, I wrote the inaugural composition for the carillon instrument so that was one of the last projects i've done it's been a little while uh so i hope well, to be able to get to write some things being in the new york area i mean my whole life growing up in the midwest uh, my wife and i are both musicians in fact she's a, a classical singer and a teacher uh we've performed together and we, we've traveled to new york many times for pro professional things but also as patrons of the arts and uh uh, so being here with all the great talent around us, even here on Long Island and uh, in the city is, is really exciting to us. Well, I think I might want you to put, to, just to put a little piece in your brain, an ode to Long Island. All right. I'm going to, let me write that down. Hang on it's a second. Okay. Ode to Long Island. <laughs> I love know? it. I love it. It's, it's um, you know, Billy Joel has been the Long Island man. And For I sure. think we thoughts to, uh, from a different perspective of an ode to Long Island. So I know that you made the journey to our East Coast and to our great city and Long Island, Malloy's in the beautiful bucolic Rockville Center. But I, you know, you had a tough road because Drew Bogner was the president for what, 20 years? 20, 20 years, yes. And to now take the reins and make it yours. Yeah. What kind of challenge is that now? Yeah, well, you know, I, I Drew left it, left this place in good shape. Uh, the pandemic has affected everyone. So it's been rather unusual um, this first year. So I probably don't have the full effect yet of, uh, you know, the, the in-person experience and what uh, relationships feel like, except for my leadership team, of course, and some other things I've been able to do on Zoom, a few in-person meetings. Uh, but no, that's it. Drew left a, a big legacy here. And uh, grew the enrollment of the institution, and um, you know, nursing became quite a quite a well-known uh, entity here, along with education. And now, schools are are formed here that, that didn't exist before. Just a couple years of having a school of arts and sciences, education, uh, nursing and health sciences, and business. So, but I've arrived at a good time because this is a uh, the next step in Malloy's life will be, I think, to develop those professions. And- What is that? I'm gonna interrupt, wait a second. I'm gonna yeah. interrupt to make an sure. advocate. I am talking to one of the great composers, musicians of our time. And there are no great music programs on Long Island. <laughs> yeah. Really? Well, yeah, I think, you know, so I've started to look at that. And again, this has been not the ideal year to look at that because there's been so little in-person opportunities for the musicians to perform. But what we do have, and I knew about this when I was in Michigan, 
uh, is our CAP 21 musical theater program. It is it's com nationally competitive. We get that is out of all of our programs, the CAP 21 musical theater program gets applicants from, from every state in the country. And it's, okay. a, you know, it's very hard to get into a program like this. And we have a, it's taught here in the Rockville Center campus, but also we have a space in New York City in lower Manhattan. Oh, you and, do. Uh, and uh, that cap, you, the student talent in CAP 21 will absolutely knock you out. It's, I'd love are, to do a story about that because, you know, we own media in Manhattan as well. Yeah. So, you know, that would be a great story for us. That's we'll, a, we'll, I love that. Yeah. We'll definitely provide more info. The performances that they do here in the Madison Theater and uh, the, they have a rehearsal space there uh, in the city. Um, yeah, you'd be you'd be very impressed. Uh, and my son knows. Uh, my son graduated from Syracuse in musical theater, and uh, we knew about the Cap Twenty One program. So uh, anyway, that will that is a mainstay for us. And I would like to look at what are the uh, world class also music therapy program here. So you know, what, is it, what do we have on Long Island? Yeah, well, those two things we can take pride in. Um, and I think, you know, as we look to instrumental music and music education, I'd like to look at our opportunities there mm -hmm. um, to develop those further. We'll see. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's interesting how um, for some the pandemic was awful, but I think it also gave you a chance to kind of feel your way into this East Coast world and, uh, you know, build relationships. How have you found uh, juggling that? Yeah, I think we have had that opportunity. Um, we, um, again, it's probably not not as normal. In, in normal times, we would have probably made more personal connections, but we did actually start when the pandemic was a little bit manageable in the fall for a bit. We started hosting dinners at our presidential home and uh, got to know very well some of the key people uh, in our area. And uh, you know, I've met with uh, senators and legislators, uh, you know, throughout Long Island already. So um, you know, now I hope to do that in person. We've done a lot of those via Zoom. How did uh, the pandemic affect enrollment this year? How are you looking? Are you going to do yeah. a full enrollment? Uh, what are you, what? How are you navigating this opening? Yeah, so it, it did affect us this uh, this last year, no doubt about it. I mean, there are some students who um, maybe didn't, uh, you know, chose not to return, but, but we did better than most. I mean, I think we had a we had we were down some uh, in the three percent range, maybe. Uh, but um, we're looking up for fall. Uh, we're still counting numbers. Students are still, I think, making decisions. Quite frankly, yes. they yes. want to know how it's going to feel. And I've already announced. And my goal for Malloy is to be face-to-face -to, -face to the greatest degree possible. Um, there will likely be some online courses, but not, not outside of the normal what we would usually do. So, right. uh, but we're waiting a little bit for some more state guidance. You've probably seen that some institutions have mandated the vaccine. Um, for example, we haven't quite done that yet. We're strongly encouraging it and watching the landscape as to what we're able to do in the fall. The biggest challenge for higher education right now is six foot distancing indoors is still mm. uh, is still not um, it's still the rule. Let me say it that way. K through twelve, there was a statement they could go three feet. We I think I'm expecting that'll happen for higher ed, but we're still waiting for official word. And that helps helps us at Malloy. We've grown so much that our building space is somewhat challenged. So we need we need that three foot, not six foot spacing. So that those are the kind of things. But we do expect to be fully in person with residents on campus. And through this last year, students did live on campus. We had less of them, but we, but they did live on campus. Well, you know, there are a lot of shopping centers empty. So ah. maybe 
you could rent space outside the campus to be able to find yeah, space. Vicki, that might be a good idea. I might be looking at anything, especially as I'm looking to grow our programs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Space has always been a big challenge on any campus. Yeah. But I'm here. You also have a Manhattan campus. That's really yeah. something I realized. And I, I think, you know, in terms of uh, your own uh, vision, you know, there is um, people are challenged now more than ever. And what would you give as ideas for secrets of success? How, what, what makes somebody be able to be at the top of their career? What kinds of skill sets, if it be called that, could yeah. you suggest? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think we all through our lives watch people who appear to be uh, in lead positions, you know, whether you're in a room at a, at a meeting or you're you know, in some kind of an organization where somebody's at the CEO position or, you know, you just watch how people handle their business. And, and there are all kinds of personalities in those spots. So one of the things I kind of came to, and I, you know, I've been at this for a while now, you know, leadership happens not just at the CEO level. It happens if you are in a position somewhere within the organization, if you handle your business authentically, and I've always thought it's important to be your authentic self. And, and again, you learn that after a while. How do you define that term, authentic? Yeah, stuff? I mean, you know, we all have our own personality traits. So someone might okay. think, well, if I'm going to be the manager, I'm going to have to really be tough on, you know, on people or something like that, or whatever you might be envisioning <laughs> it, it takes to be a leader. But you have to do it within your, your own way of handling, how you handle people, how you mm -hmm. uh, feel about interactions. If you try to do it like someone else, it will not work. It has, I just don't believe it does. So being your authentic self and how you manage conflict, how you lead people, um, it, you, it will uh, show itself. And if it's working, you'll probably be successful in that spot within the organization or in your family. It could happen at multiple levels. And the next step will show itself to you if you're, if you're leading. People, I don't think people can go in the lead by just wanting to do it themselves. You have to be empowered to do it by others. They, want to, they have to want to follow you. So those things that you do that show leadership, the way you respect people, you know, uh, handle them with dignity, those kinds of things, I think, make a difference. You know, it's so interesting you should say that because I've noticed how sometimes when people are in charge, they take on a different voice. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm not sure that's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm speaking for myself, of course, but you know, and what I've observed. But I, I think when people have, when I've witnessed people having challenges in leadership positions, and a lot of these positions can be challenging for lots of reasons. But uh, if they're trying to do something um, outside of what is, is really uh, within their, their own strengths is when I think they start to get out of bounds and then people aren't, aren't as happy <laughs> to, to follow them along. Well, I, I really, uh, I think you've given us a great deal of wisdom, and that's something that uh, is something people can take away with them. And I would like to invite you and your wife, you know, we're going to have the power women, uh, power people, uh, men and women of Dan's papers coming up. Maybe the two of you would like to perform. I'm going to work this out because I'd love to hear <laughs> her sing. Well, so we're going to. We, we would consider that. So thanks for thinking about it. Um, you know, well, like I said, this goes and fits and starts lately in our lives. But uh, sure, we'd, we'd, we'd entertain that idea.
Well, listen, it's just a delight to talk to you. I just am so happy to be able to welcome today Dr. James Lentini. Lentini is um, now the name at Malloy College President's Door. And so I wish you great success in your tenure. And we are delighted to have a chance to have a chat. This is Victoria Schneps from Schneps Media. See you next time. Thank you.